2: Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN.
3: Back in of the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. And on the line now is the host of BetMGM Tonight and Audison Sports Betting Insider Ryan Horvat on X at Ryan Horvat one t Insider Calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest to lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to listen to the BetMGM Tonight podcast for more of Ryan's analysis. Ryan, how's it going, man? I, I know that there's a lot that has spiraled out of control on you. Are you, are you a Cubs fan or am I wrong? And placing that on you. Uh,
4: yeah, I'm a Cubs
3: fan. Okay, so you Cubs We have Notre Dame losing on the last play of the game with ten on the field. We have the Cubs trying to choke this whole thing away. How are you feeling as a as a sports fan right now? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this, but I have to open these wounds. I have to.
4: Yeah, I'm just kind of used to it. Actually, I mean, like the past three decades kind of went the same. You know, like as a Cubs fan, there's been about a year and a half of joy the past two decades. Really, the last three decades. And it was 2016. So I was just happy that I was alive for that, to be quite honest. I mean, they, uh, to be honest, like with the Cubs, I didn't really have high expectations. I did bet the win total over 77 and a half wins. Unfortunately, I bet them to make the postseason. And they had a 97% chance a couple weeks ago, according to fan graphs. Now I believe they're like minus 350 to miss the playoffs. So uh, not feeling good about the bet, not feeling good about the team. My hope is, though. You know, and my concern was if they did get into the postseason, that David Ross would take credit for it. And I think he's <sighs> a terrible manager. I think right. he needs to go. Uh, I've I've counted. He's cost them at least 15 games this season. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not the guy, like, that blames the manager. But if you watch these games, like, any Cub fan can tell you he's terrible. He doesn't know how to pick his lineups. He sacrificed bunning in the year 2023, sometimes with the cleanup hitter, sometimes in the middle of the lineup. So he's been bad. So i have just kind of – Become used to it. And then with Notre Dame, usually in a big spot, that's just how it goes. You know, we saw this years ago with the Bush push. I thought, like, if Ohio State wanted to make, you know, like, insult in- injury, what they should have done was just lined up on the one-yard line and push McCord in just to do it in right. Notre Dame one time, you know, another time. But uh, the only good thing about that, man, was, and I said it on the show last week with you took the points with Notre Dame took Ohio state on the money line and took the under in the game. So we actually cashed all three. Usually you don't get a middle like that. Unfortunately, my offshore sports book cut me off because of that. But other than (laughs) that, you know, like heartbroken last night, my birthday's coming up. So I opened up some early birthday gifts and I saw that my mom, uh, got some Cubs gear and some Notre Dame gear. So I didn't know if she was trolling or if that was like meant to get here before the big games last week. But, uh, yeah, man, not a great week as a sports fan.
3: I, uh, You know I've been cooked with my Major League Baseball fandom since about halfway through the season, and I realized the Cardinals were never going to get it together. I I take a little bit of solace in watching the Cubs choke it away. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to say it though.
4: Well, hey, let me let me tell you this. I I don't enjoy your team stinking because you you, you had them to
3: win the NL Central.
4: (laughs) Yeah, what I forgot until I checked my open my open bets the other day was I was like, wait a minute,
3: where did 250
4: dollars go? And I was like, wait a minute the St. Louis Cardinals, like, come on. They could have taken that out of my account a month ago. They've been eliminated for a while now. Same thing like with the Cubs. I had like a Cubs NL Central bet. Like, come on now. What pisses me off, man, is the Brewers. Like, let's yep. be honest. Whether you are you hate the Cubs, you hate the Cardinals, they're much more exciting. I want to watch Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, or I want yep. to watch Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner and those guys. I don't care about anybody on that Milwaukee Brewer roster. That that might be the most boring team in baseball. Yet, because of Craig Council, because of that bullpen and that rotation, they continue to win every single
3: season. It well, they just win enough. Sense. It's not like they're good. It's just the NL Central stinks. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's just both how it, both the both the Central stink in the AL and the NL. Yeah. Quite frankly. Yeah, that
4: definitely does help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: absolutely. Now, with Notre Dame, I brought this up on Monday. I am – obviously, they had college football playoff aspirations. It feels like it's going to be really hard for them to recover. Now, granted, they have USC on the schedule. um, But it's sad to think about. You know, the Pac-12, as long as a a team has just one loss and is a Pac-12 champion, um, it feels like they'd get in over Notre Dame. Uh, ACC, if there's a one-loss ACC team, you know if it's Florida State, they'll likely get in over Notre Dame. Um, SEC, Big Ten always is going to put at least one team in there. It's it's just it's going to be a crazy uphill battle with a lot of things having to bounce their way if they want to if they want to reach that goal. And I feel like they have the team to do it. Like they, I thought it you know Ohio State really impressed me, but Notre Dame stuck in there and and probably should have won that game.
4: Yeah. You know, like Notre Dame was the tougher, more physical team. They were the better team, but I mean, too many stupid mistakes. And also they just don't really have the talent, unfortunately, in the wide receiver room. And like, let's be honest, offensively, the play calling was not creative whatsoever. Sam Hartman, not pushing the ball down the field, not throwing outside the numbers, the run game. And then they like they went away from Audrick Estime for whatever reason. I just thought that they got too cute. You have to score more than 14 points. And I said it last week. Like, I think Ohio State's trending towards being a top-10 defense nationally. Yep. I like their egg rushers a lot. But, man, I was actually kind of surprised. Notre Dame, even the interior of their offensive line, which was my concern, kind of bullied Ohio State, and they still lost that game. What concerns me about Notre Dame moving forward is just the schedule. Like, last season, like, this is a big game coming up on Saturday. College game day is going to be in town Notre Dame goes from being a seven-point favorite all the way down to five-and-a-half. I mm-hmm. actually think Notre Dame's the right side, but I can't do it, man, because Mike Elko revenge game. He's 13-4 and four his first 17 games as head coach at Duke. Yeah. He's going to be the next big hire. And Notre Dame coming off a heartbreaking loss to Ohio State, that's usually a bad, bad spot for Notre Dame. We saw this last season. They played against Ohio State. They played them really tough, and that was without a starting quarterback. They turn around the next week. There's three touchdown favorites to Marshall after a good showing. They lose that game outright. Still, though, like all the talk in the locker room, they're saying the right things. Like, you know, we, we got to bounce back here. We still got a lot to play for. The problem is Duke's passing defense is number four in the country. Granted, obviously, they step up in class against Sam Hartman. Right. But uh, Duke's a good team, man. And then it's USC. And then it's Clemson. And I know Clemson's two and two on paper. But they're a few plays away from being four and zero. They dominated Florida State. That was just terrible luck in that game. So, that's the problem with Notre Dame. Like, I could see them only win. Oh, I'm sorry, only losing one game, sneaking into the playoff because they are damn good. But I could also see them losing like three games. You know, I yep. see them losing to USC or Clemson. It's schedule's tough.
3: No question about it. No question about it. You you mentioned Notre Dame. You were worried about that interior or of, of the offensive line, and they sort of bullied around, pushed around Ohio State anyway. Did that Ohio State defensive performance convince you that this is a college football playoff? Is this a national championship caliber team? Because I was worried about that going into last week because I I don't think that offense has clicked. And usually, you know, the history of of Ohio State, especially recently, having gotten bullied around by Michigan the last two years, has been, okay, you need to score 45 points to go win a ball game. Uh, they, They proved something to me. Going on the road to South Bend, 14 points on the board, uh, is all they all they allowed? Uh, the Jim Knowles defense has, has finally sort of kicked in. I, I, like, did did that game convince you, or are you still waiting for more results to to fully buy into Ohio State?
4: Yeah, like the defense, I'm all bought in on, and then the offense. That was the thing I think we all had concerns about because they don't have C.J. Stroud, and you know Justin Fields isn't there. Although maybe that's a good thing the way that he's playing right now. Right. But I mean, Kyle McCord, the second half of that game kind of like grew up before our eyes. Like, that's a you know, be that guy. But he he really did. Like, he made some big plays. The the final drive
3: was impressive.
4: I mean, third and 18. Um, And also, like, you know, Marvin Harrison in that game, he only had three grabs for, what, like 32 yards. I thought Notre Dame did a really good job playing press coverage on him. But also, he got hurt in that game and kind of gutted it out. But, yeah, I mean, McCord proved
0: something. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalyptus speed test intelligence data, fixed median download speeds, USQ3 2023.
4: They can run the ball. They're tough enough in the trenches, tougher than we thought in the trenches on the offensive side of the ball. Still though, man, like, the only thing that scares me about Michigan, they don't play anybody. You know you know what I mean? Yeah. But they're so damn dominant defensively. And I like Blake Corum, obviously. I like Donovan Edwards. J.J. McCarthy's having a solid season. But I don't know. They might go into shock when they actually see a real team. I like Ohio State. They did prove to me that they could be a contender. I just think I like Penn State a little bit better because I think Penn State's running back room is just as good as Michigan's. They're averaging over 220 yards on the ground. Love Catron Allen and Nick Singleton. Yep. And Drew Allers pushing the ball down the field. I mean, granted, it's Iowa, and I think we learned that Iowa's no good. Oh, Look what Penn State did to them. It was like 470 total yards of offense to 78. And I think, I think that says a lot about Iowa offensively, obviously. But Penn State's the real deal. Michigan's the real deal. And I think Ohio State is too, and they've lost back-to-back to Michigan. That's going to be a huge game. But right now, I lean those two teams being a little bit better than Ohio State. But, man, they did prove that they're tough. You know, usually they're just, like, flashy. They score a bunch of points. And that's, I guess, why Ryan Day was so pissed off yelling at 95-year-old men.
3: Yeah. Now, um, with that Iowa game, it kind of makes me laugh. Brian Ferentz the week before said, get up off your step ladder and climb out of my ass, basically. And then they yeah. lay that egg. Can we get back up on the step ladder? I think we can get back up on the step ladder.
4: Really quick on that, like, those press conferences – Get weirder and weirder. He's a really weird guy. Did I like? Was I on mushrooms, or did I hear him blame the defense for not scoring any points? I think I heard him say <laughs> that it's a team effort, and the defense didn't do their part. Like, he's got to go, man. And, and you know what? It's think, a, it's so, it's
3: Kirk's son, though, right? He's going nowhere. I know. What, what what really bothers me about that Iowa program, and obviously, I know in my audience, there's not a bunch of Iowa fans, but I think they sort of yeah, understand yeah. what Iowa means to college football and you know they they've sort of been at the, they've been a top 25 team they're always a top 25 team what really bothers me is Kirk Ferentz gets a lot of credit for what Phil Parker that defensive coordinator coordinator has done over yeah. the past 4 to 5 years like he is the reason that that team has won ball games at a high level and i don't think Kirk or his son have done anything to help Phil Dude you're so right on
4: that too i've been saying this for years and i actually covered the team for a couple of years like when i got out of college and Kirk's a great guy like don't get me wrong but I mean, I've been saying this for like, there's the problem is they're just consistent every year. They win eight, nine games. Hell, I went over their win total. I don't feel very good about that. Remember like Kate McNamara right. preseason was running his mouth a lot. Oh, you think this offense is going to be average? Blah, blah, blah. Got the NIL money. Now he's been kind of quiet. And I mean, he's, you know, the press conference with him was weird too. They're like, yeah, you, you got to throw the ball to your wide receivers. And he's talking about why well, don't call the plays. It's weird, man. And uh, it doesn't look very good. I think, like what I'm gathering from a lot of the fans, they're hoping that maybe this is Kirk's last season, and oh. that they're going to hand that over. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think right. he's going anywhere. I mean, didn't he just sign an extension? Yeah. So I don't think. It's well, he's got happen. that
3: lifetime year after year extension. Yeah. I think that's
4: their hope, though, is that maybe, you know, if Brian's gone, he goes too, because I think they're ready
3: to do something different with that program. Yeah, and I wonder, I, mean, I wonder who would take over, though, right? Like that's that's. Right. That's I mean, my question. Like, I know does, that uh, – uh, what's his name? Um, Mark Stoops is an Iowa guy, but he's he's got a lot of sweat equity built up in that Kentucky program at this point. Yeah.
4: And, I mean, I wonder, like, obviously still a really good job, but whew, Big Ten's only going to get better. You know what I mean? And look who, look at who you're recruiting against now. The, the one thing I'll say, though, man, like you get the kids on the campus at Iowa City, very underrated. Great oh, I place. would say uh, the
3: the Ped Mall's fantastic. Oh, ever, it's yeah. great. My brother <laughs> went there. I used to always visit him. It's yeah. great. It's a great place to. It's fun. It's very fun. Just
4: just not fun to go watch offensive <laughs> football. So, <laughs> yeah, like, if I'm a starting sure. quarterback, man, like that—that's the thing. Like, look at the type of players that you're recruiting. You know, Iowa. That's why they almost need to make a change because now college football's flashy. Everybody wants to go play for Dion. You want to play for right. Lincoln Riley. You know Sonny Dykes. Look at Sonny Dykes. Look at TCU's recruiting classes. They're plucking recruits from Georgia and Alabama because people want to go play in that flashy offense and put up big numbers. Nobody wants to go run the you know the the T-bone, the wishbone, <laughs> yeah. the I formation, the double wing. You know what I mean? Right. The, the Navy offense. So I
3: I think Iowa might be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, and I do love like I had a bunch of Iowa fans get in my mentions because my brother used to do radio out there, so I know a bunch of folks out there. Yeah. Um, but Cade McNamara, when he, you mentioned he was running his mouth this offseason. I said that 10 for 18, 125-yard, one TD, one INT stat line and a three-point win is going to hit different, isn't it? And they all tried to get after me, but I love how correct I am. It's so predictable. That's what that program is. It's eight wins, but it's never flashy. It's never fun. That's just the truth of it. That's the truth of it. Now, talking with Ryan Horvath, at Ryan Horvath on X from BetMGM Tonight and also an Odyssey Sports Betting Insider. Um, on college football, we're going to move on to the NFL after this. What what do you like in college football? What are your favorite bets this week?
4: All right, so I like a couple different things. I like Ole Miss, actually. The number's two and a half. I like three, but I think they win the game outright. And I really like the over. LSU's had eight straight games go over the total, reason being they're not playing any defense. Ole Miss has actually surprisingly been an under team the last couple years under Lane Kiffin. And I think we get points here. LSU with Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas, one of the best wide receiver rooms in the country. Jaden Daniels has been really good. He's staying in the pocket more this season, not using his legs as much. But I had to downgrade LSU as a team. I thought this was a team that could maybe win 11, 12 games, but they beat up on Mississippi State in grambling. They didn't show up in the second half against Florida State, and they could have lost to Arkansas last week as 17-and-a-half point favorite. I'm a Notre Dame guy. I can tell you this is right. the perfect Brian Kelly choke spot. I yep. think he's going to get out coached by Lane Kiffin. And Ole Miss's run defense, their defensive line improves every season. Some metrics actually have them inside the top 20. I wouldn't go that far. And I do think LSU is going to be able to take advantage of their pass defense, which right now is outside the top 95. But, you know, Ole Miss is getting a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. They have a 38% pressure rate. It's going to be a good battle there because, man, LSU's O line is probably their best unit. All five starters are back, they're all grading out really well. But, I just can't trust LSU because of that defense right now, man. Yep. Like, I know Ole Miss offensively hasn't looked great, but they're getting two of their best pass catchers back in Franklin and Harris. They're also getting their running back, uh, Quinshawn Judkins. He's going to be close to 100%. I think they're going to be able to hit some explosive plays. Right now, Ole Miss, even without all those guys, top 10 in the country as far as explosiveness. And LSU, outside the top 100 in success rate defensively, and the bottom 10 nationally in passing down success rate, uh, outside the top 100 in tackling, according to PFF. Second year for their D.C., Matt House just hasn't been very good. They do have eight sacks the last couple of years, but I think we're going to get a lot of points, and I think Ole Miss is going to pull off a slight and, upset. And, so I like Ole Miss plus two and a
3: half in the over. And quite frankly, too, um, and I don't know if you have other picks after that, for Lane Kiffin, I know he's done a good job at Ole Miss. That would be his marquee win. That would be the win. Like he He's done a good job at Ole Miss. I, like, I don't fault him for what he's done. He's brought in good recruits. He's done a good job getting in the transfer portal. Um, I mean, it's an eight-win team just about every year, but he does not have this top fifteen, real massive win that he can hang his hat on. I think the highest-rated team he beat was Indiana in the Outback Bowl during the COVID year. So, like, no, you're still right, man. Yeah, like he just does not have that marquee win that he that he that he wanted when he when he took over at to Ole Miss. No,
4: you're right. And I mean like every year they get off to these nice starts, but they don't play anybody and then they step up in class. You know, and last week I said it, if they don't beat Alabama, and I bet Alabama. I mean I said it on the show, like yeah. if we get anything under a Same. touchdown, man, I just don't think he's ever gonna beat Saban. But I do think this is the perfect game for him to win, you know, against a team that I think is a little overrated, man. Like I like the offensive parts for L S U, but I'm and Brian Kelly's a good coach, don't get me wrong. But um I love to watch him lose and he's a little bit of a choke artist. So until he proves me wrong, I'm gonna continue to do that. Hey, I'm not pandering here. Actually, one of my favorite bets this week, Boise State Memphis, rotation number one ninety four. I like the Memphis Tigers. I Rock it on. Three. I think love I might, it. I might Gabe, I might be the reason this is at three and a half right now. I don't care. I still like it at three and a half. So Memphis <laughs> back home. They've won three of their last four there. Seth Hennigan, I mean, you guys know this. Uh, Right now, 33rd in the country as far as passing offense, 279 yards per game. That's where you hit Boise State. Right now, outside the top of 120, 124th in the country in passing yards allowed. And then Memphis' defense, here's what nobody's talking about, unless they actually know ball and watch games. Top 20 in the country passing D. Only giving up about 169 yards per game through the air, 38th in total defense. I don't know how Boise's going to do anything offensively. So I like Memphis a lot in this game at 3.0. Three and a half is fine with me. And then uh, one more I'll throw your way. I like the Texas team total in the first half over 20 and a half. Texas is averaging 21 points per game in the first quarter. And I don't want to play this game. I don't think it's going to be a look-ahead spot. Texas has Oklahoma next week. Kansas is a good football team. Look what Lance is doing, man. I mean, these first couple years, he's doing a great job at Kansas. But – Still defensively, not great. And Texas' offense, I mean, they got off to a hot start against Baylor. We saw what they did against Alabama secondary. Quinn Ewers has been efficient all season. I looked at this yesterday. He's only got one turnover-worthy throw all year. Xavier Worthy, obviously a stud in the wide receiver room. Sanders, their tight end's really good. And uh, the only problem, the run game hasn't really taken off. I think this is finally the week that they get that run game going against Kansas. Their defense is outside the top 90 right now, their run defense. So I like Texas to score at least 21 in the first half. So team total over 20 and a half. Love Memphis. Like Ole Miss a lot. And then uh, the over. Uh, I, I rarely bet overs. I'm usually an under right. guy, but I think we get a lot of points.
3: Yeah. Life's too short. You don't live by that, I'm sure. <laughs> life's, life's not too short to bet the – I mean, I, betting the under, it depends what, what the situation is, but um, we shall see. Now uh, Thursday Night Football, Lions visiting uh, your Packers um lions one and a half to two point favorites the the totals 45 do you have do you have anything that you feel strongly about tonight
4: yeah I got I got a couple different things here so um you know this is going to be a really interesting game because I I hate to say this I don't know how good the Packers are I think the Packers right right now it's funny because like I hear all the hype coming from a lot of these guys I don't think they're as good as the national uh, media narrative I think I I don't think it's highly I guess is what I should say just because of the injuries, we haven't really seen them full strength yet. I mean, I'm worried about the offensive line. You got Elton Jenkins missing time. David Bakhtiari still missing time. And the Lions right now, defensively, getting pressure at a 35% rate. The last two games, they have eight sacks. And they're going to blitz the hell out of Jordan Love tonight. So far this season, Jordan, Jordan Love hasn't really been good under pressure. He has an 8% turnover-worthy play rate when under pressure, which is number quarterback uh, number 26 in the league out of 32 that's mm-hmm. ranked right now. You you get Christian Watson and Aaron Jones back. You know, Green Bay, the numbers look good as far as, like, the explosive plays. They're sixth at EPA per play, but they're 22nd in success rate. They're hitting the big play, but down, down, not very good. 27th in rush efficiency. Lions are fifth best against the run. If the Packers have to be one-dimensional tonight, I know the Lions don't have the best secondary, but I worry Jordan Love might turn the ball over a little bit. And I look at the injuries on the Green Bay defensive side of the ball, still without Eric Stokes waiting to see what's up with Jair Alexander, who's their lockdown corner. If they mm-hmm. don't have them, I mean, that replaces. you got to replace them with Rasul Douglas, and I worry you're going to have to play a lot of zone against the Lions, and Jared Goff might pick that apart. The only thing that scares me off of liking the Lions a little bit more is just the home road splits for Jared yep. Goff. I think, like, 40, 40 touchdowns, like nine picks at home in Detroit, and then just, like, 12 touchdowns to nine picks on the road. Yeah. So different quarterback on the road still do like Detroit, though. I know Green Bay is getting a lot of love. I like Detroit, and I like the under. I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game. I think Green Bay is going to struggle offensively. Well, the design.
3: thing, the thing, like, Lions secondary isn't great, but they do have a lot of experience. They have uh, Cam Sutton, yeah. Jerry Jacobs, guys like that. Whereas, like, the Packers, as much as I, like, think that their wide receiver room is talented, they're young still. And, like, we don't know if mm-hmm. Christian Watson, like, he's been hurt all year um they're just they're just too young and i feel like there's some experience on that lion side that could help them even though their secondary is not all that great completely agree man like and and i mean with detroit though that's the thing you know they'll look good
4: a week and then like i i bet them against seattle and i was like eh, maybe i was wrong about seattle and then the defense just like completely collapses late in that game um but they're well coached i didn't really want to believe in dan campbell at first because you know, the thing about guys like dan campbell and deon like that's so fun. The rah rah guys, the football guys when you're four and oh, five and oh. But like we've all been in those locker rooms where like you start one and three and then you don't really want the guy slapping the back of your helmet. Right. Or, like yeah. kind of shoulder pads, yeah. being the rah rah guy. You know what I mean? You're like kind of just ready for the season to end. So I didn't know if I was a believer, but I'll tell you who I'm a believer in is Ben Johnson, their O C. Yeah, Green Bay having injuries on that defense. Like I think there's Head a coach reason candidate. why
3: that's... Yeah.
4: Oh, heck yeah, man. I think that's the reason why um you know, Detroit's out to be a two point favorites in this game. I think those are the right side.
3: Um, now one more game in the NFL I wanna bring up. Dolphins at Bills. Uh Dolphins have looked oh, yeah. unbelievable. I, I the Bills at home though, minus two and a half. One thing that really try to lean to the Dolphins. I haven't played this game by any stretch of the imagination yet. You could probably help me with that. But the Dolphins are going to be catching good weather in Buffalo. It should be what 74 and sunny. And that that certainly that certainly helps that pass game. And they've run the hell out of the ball. I mean last week 70 points against the Broncos, Devin Achan with the 203 yards, four touchdowns. They're they're starting to run the ball. Mike McDaniel's starting to get the get the O line bought in. Those running backs bought in to the, the the sort of system of running the ball that he that he implemented in, in San Fran, um, but like I I I just struggle with this because this is a massive matchup early in the season for the AFC East.
4: Yeah, absolutely, man. And here's where, like, I was doing my power ratings the other night, and people are like, How do you still have the Bills, number one? They have a loss. And I'm like, Yeah, they have a fluky loss to the Jets
3: because Josh Allen started throwing a bunch of terrible interceptions in the second half of the but game. But he does that, Look Ryan. He, he he does that. Like, that's, I feel he like does, that's something he, that, like, <laughs> it has not gone away yet.
4: Yeah. And, and that's why, so, like, right now, in, um, But, man, like, you got a big enough sample size here, right? And, and like, we're seeing it, though. Like, the Dolphins are three-point dogs in this game because you can't just take, like, a two-game sample size. And this is what I'm saying about the Dolphins' offense. We have a big enough sample size where two is healthy with Mike McDaniels. And it's fun. It's awesome. I'm cheering for it. I want them to break every record. I would love to see them win the Super Bowl because they're so fun. But let's also look at who they played in the passing defenses so far, the Chargers and the Broncos. And, I mean, like, the Broncos (laughs) last year, top ten defense. This year, outside the top 20, as well as the Chargers, both teams have talent. But, like, with Denver, I think they're giving up, man. Because, like, last year, that defense showed up every week, even though the offense, it was just three and out after three and out. And they were on the field the majority of the time, 80% of the snaps. This year, I feel like, you know, they kind of bought in with Sean Payton taking over, hey, he can fix the offense and Russ, And it's the same Russ and the same offense. And they're just like, screw it, man. We won out. So, I think now the Jets, I'm sorry, now the Dolphins step up, obviously, uh, in class with the Bills defense who right now trending towards being top five. Again, though, they played the Jets, the Commanders, and the Raiders. But the one thing that the Bills are doing, which kind of surprises me because they didn't do it the second half of the season once they lost Von Miller and his eight-and-a-half sacks, they're number two right now in pass rush win rate. They have 14 mm-hmm. sacks already, and eventually they're going to get Von Miller back. Dolphins' problems last season were protecting two of us. So far this season, 12th at pass block win rate. So I think that's going to be a really good matchup because last season the Bills blitzed two on 31% of his dropbacks. Which was 13% higher than their season rate. I want to see how they do it this week, man. Do they get natural pressure? Are they able to drop more guys back in coverage against all those wide receivers? Because I like the Bills in this game. I bet them on the money line. I just, I still am pretty high on the Bills in the AFC East. I still think they win the division. Although I do like Miami, and I have been ripping Ken Dorsey the last two years. But finally, the last couple of weeks, if you're watching the Bills, and I think we talked about this last week, they've changed the offense. They're running more heavy sets than any other team in the National Football League, more two tight end sets. And they've been better in the red zone. They're actually, like, working at a snail's pace right now, 30th in the league, slowing things down, not allowing Josh Allen to make those Favre-like throws down the field where he's getting picked off. So I think as long as they play a controlled game, limit the possessions for Miami. That's what it comes down to, limit those possessions. And I like the Bills to win this game because of that defense and because of that new-look offense they've been running here these last couple weeks. A lot more James Mm -hmm. Cook. A lot more Kincaid and Dalton Schultz. I'm sorry, in uh, you know, uh, Dalton uh, Knox, tight ends that they got there. Thank you, Dawson Knox. Jeez, uh, yeah, that, that's what I want to see this week.
3: For sure. Now, last thing for you, we have Dame in Milwaukee. Holler at me, man. Like what, what, thoughts. I I think it's funny that he didn't end up where he wanted to go. Um, but he he gets what he yeah. wants, and it feels like the Milwaukee Bucks have done a good job of of showing Giannis how committed they are to winning championships.
4: Great move by Giannis, putting the pressure on the organization. In the last couple of years, I think we've talked about this, man, because like, you know what I mean. He's won his championship, but his legacy is now about winning multiple championships. Yep. And he wants to stay in Milwaukee. Giannis is a loyal guy. You know, everybody's loyal. Like Dame was a loyal guy, but but at the end of the day, these guys have to win. They want to win. They want to play in meaningful games. I completely get it. Same situation with Brad Beal here in DC. But uh, I'm surprised that the Bucks actually made the move just not something that you usually see in Milwaukee. I think we're all kind of shocked. You know, like the Packers, we're always in the mix. It's always Odell Beckham Jr. has interest in joining the Packers. Right. Then he's a Ram. You know, like in the NBA, we do this all the time. In baseball, you know, the Brewers have interest in Madison Bumgarner a couple of years ago. It doesn't end up happening. So I think everybody's kind of in shock. Also, the Bucks, notoriously really cheap. A couple of years ago, they wouldn't go into the luxury tax to pay Malcolm Brogdon, so they lost him. Um, I do like the fit, him and Giannis. I also like that they get to the creep. Chris Middleton you worry a little bit about the defensive end but man Drew Holiday is another year older and he got absolutely cooked by Jimmy Butler yes, he did. and also as good as I love Drew you know he's one of my favorite players in the league and a great guy off the court too but he does have some struggles offensively every once in a while in the playoffs he's like blowing easy bunnies he also has like 40 point games don't get me wrong but I think you upgrade with Dame um, you know you get rid of Grace and Allen. I think the Suns also won yesterday, though, too, to be honest, man. They move eight in. They get more depth pieces. But I think the Bucs are the team to beat now in the East. Obviously, yep. it's them and it's Boston. You know, you know, like, I'm down on Philly. It's going to be interesting to see now. Is Embiid going to want out? It's going to be interesting to see what Miami looks to do here. Like, do they make a desperate move and try to bring in Wash James Harden? Because you know Pat Riley is going to have to do something here. One bet I really like is plus 250. How about the Miami Heat to miss the playoffs? I feel like mm. that, like right there. I mean, Jimmy's pissed. Tyler Hero's on social media. What are they going to do now, man? I, I feel like they have to feel gutted. And yeah, for uh, sure. I'm excited for the Bucs, though.
3: Yeah, for sure. They're they're NBA champ, championship favorites now, so we'll see what happens. But Ryan, appreciate it, man. Thanks for hopping on. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Yes, sir. That was the host of the BetMGM Tonight podcast and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider Ryan Horvat on X at Ryan Horvat with one T. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Now we need to go ahead and hop into the Blitz. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you some keys to the Tigers getting a win at home versus Boise State right here on the Gabe Coon 92.9 FM ESPN.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.